Welcome to E20's fanfiction. It's a tale we tell of secrets and scandals. You've been voting in our polls for what you'd like to see. And we have been writing. There's a lot of drama. There's things we've been hiding. But no, Doc Martin. You've probably just listened to chapter seven because we've just released two episodes this week. Yeah. It's now time for chapter eight of the collaborative fan fiction. Yes. Yes. So if you are thinking, guys, you've released chapter eight. That's the only one that's coming up at the top. You were chapter six the other week. Don't worry, we did release two episodes today, so just go back and check number seven, just in case you haven't seen it. Yeah. I'm Emma. And I'm Connor. Here's what you voted for. We asked you, what would you like to see as a big event? And you decided, Jean causes a gas explosion. <laughs> oh, Jean. Bet it's a sausage surprise. Always yeah. is. And where was I going to meet Martin? You picked the best one. The warehouse. The only place to meet someone, isn't it? I mean, it really is. When you've got to kidnap someone or do some dodgy deals, you go to that warehouse. We also asked, what would you like to see as our side event? And we're bringing her home early. We're doing it before you send us. Stacy returns! Yes! Thank you! Oh, I've missed our cousin Stace. It's not been the same without her. So are you ready for Chapter 8, Wacky Warehouses? Explosive surprises and marvellous returns. <laughs> You'll have to wait till the end to understand that reference. <laughs> so I'm going to kick off this chapter and then Connor will take over halfway through. Questions, anger and worry hung over the Vic as night rolled along into early morning as the pair frantically tried to understand why Martin was doing this to them. <laughs> and there's a lot of as's in there I noticed that there <laughs> as, as and as <laughs> but why why would he do all this I mean the worst thing we did to him was buy him a Graham Norton autobiography for Christmas Connor replied hey it's not wrong with Graham Norton I know god snobs are characters aren't they bloody snobs it doesn't matter why he is helping that wicked witch try and rinse us of our cash and after what he did tonight, I'm going to make sure he lives to regret all this. Emma said, her eyes looking over to her dark leather jacket hanging on the wall. We need to confront Martin now, she insisted. I can't leave little Ronald. <laughs> little Ronald. <laughs> Raymond, it's Raymond, Emma replied in a lecturing tone. Ronald, Rachel, Raymond, what does it matter? Haley names them different names every other week. How am I, I'm obviously going to get confused. I mean, do you even remember which one is Little Adidas? Connor remarked. He was her second child, wasn't he? Oh, anyway, back to the point. We need to confront Martin, Emma demanded. I'm a parent now. Little Raymond needs me. I can't go running around playing mini gangster with you anymore. Her brother declared as he bottle fed his new baby. You've lost your bottle. Fine. I'll go then. You stay here and play happy families with your fake fella. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> just rip me jugular out. 
slight overreaction to what I said. <laughs> but then again, we have to put in context, Emma has just been through a traumatic experience. That is true. Her character has just been vilified, booed and hissed like a pantomime villain. <laughs> Emma said as she grabbed her leather jacket and charged out of the Vic. At least I have a fella. Where's yours? Oh, hitting a sore point there. I am, I am. Connor roared. I could ask the same thing. <gasps> oh, this is getting put, dramatic. Me there with that one. Emma countered, cutting Connor deep as the doors of the Vic swung closed behind her. Emma used the Find My Phone app to track Martin's movements. Okay, that's <laughs> quite creepy. <laughs> She's done this before. <laughs> I know. That's what it looks like. <laughs> and discovered that he stayed in this one location for quite some time. It looked like a warehouse, so Emma put the postcode into Kidnappings for You. A helpful site ran by a woman called Michaela. She found that the postcode was linked to a warehouse that had a lot of positive reviews. One from Karen Taylor's son who said that although one of his experiences were negative, the second was much better and would certainly recommend to anyone who was thinking about going dark or just doing a light bit of kidnapping. <laughs> oh, what a lovely How review. Helpful. What a lovely yeah. review from Keanu there. Really helpful. Yeah. How many stars do you think that was, Emma? Right, because he had a negative review, I don't think you could give it the full five, so I think you'll have probably gave it four. Four. Yeah. Or three like we do whenever there's a movie scene. <laughs> Whilst his sister was away playing detectives, Connor was working on the bar, having Raymond pull a few pints for the punters every now and then. Raymond's like 18 now, I'm assuming. <laughs> oh, no, no, uh, still four. Still four? <laughs> still four, just got an alcohol problem. <laughs> oh, yes, Phil. Denny used to sneak drink into the football. Phil grumbled as he unexpectedly appeared, startling the barman. Aw, aren't kids mischievous? Connor smiled. Does Jay know you've got a kid? Or is it some other blokes? Phil joked. This isn't our child, really. We sort of adopted him. I say adopt. My cousin abandoned him, but that's nothing new. Everyone has to do, do it sometime. Lynn has a few of Haley's kids. Mo has two. Even Belinda is looking after one of them. It's sort of a public service we do in the Slaters. Whenever Haley drops a child off. Connor explained. He looks kind of familiar. Phil said, staring at little Raymond and seeing himself in the boy's eyes. Well, I've got to get on. You know, pub to run and all that. Connor replied. Wait, where's your sister? I've got these tickets to a West Ham game. Denny's banned since he got caught drinking. and Ben, oh, it's Ben. Phil huffed. Is this a date, Phil? I think my sister's a little young for you. The young barman laughed. No, no. We call run the girls allowed fan site and someone donated them. Phil explained. Oh, that's, so, that's so charitable, isn't it? So besties. charitable. Me and Phil are besties. I love that despite them being, you know, really horrible and threatening to you, you still call run the uh, girls allowed fan site. <laughs> Well, he quite liked me. He was just annoyed with you in the boat. So, you know. True, true. He's not holding it's grudges. Fault. It's all good. Yeah. Well, he might be with you, but he's not with me. Yeah, you're all right. <laughs> <laughs> Hates me, but uh, doesn't mind you. <laughs> well, my sister does love her balls. I'm sure she will be thrilled. <laughs> Connor chirped with a smile. 
Suddenly, Peter came charging through the doors, drunk and topless as usual. I need Emma. I need Emma now. Have you heard from her? Peter drunkenly slurped as he sluggishly trudged and wobbled his way behind the bar. No, have you? Connor countered. No, that that's why I'm asking. Peter slurred as Connor helped him up the stairs and away from the punters. I do love that. That's so quick. Like, he's literally just coming to the bar and I'm like, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Get away from here. <laughs> Don't let anyone see you. <laughs> right, right. I'm sure she'll be back soon. You just stay here and, and don't make a mess. I like how you're treating him like a child there. Don't make a mess. <laughs> Connor said as he deposited Peter upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Returning downstairs, he was relieved to see that Raymond had continued to ser- <laughs> continued to serve pints whilst he-, whilst he was away helping Peter. They grow up so fast, he thought. <laughs> Now he's 16. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud. That's my boy. <laughs> Suddenly though, that happy thought and smile upon Connor's face was broken and all was silenced by a loud boom in the distance. Rushing out on instinct, Connor with Raymond <laughs> one minute he's seven <laughs> pints. <laughs> Next he's just been held like a baby. <laughs> what age is he? We'll never know. <laughs> the mystery of Raymond. <laughs> Curious case of Raymond. <laughs> Connor with Raymond in his arms looked over the square to see his worst fears realised. I love how you guessed straight away what was going to happen, mind. I sensed it. I'm psychic. That's what it is. I felt it in my waters, Emma. I felt it in my waters. <laughs> the Slater house was engulfed in flames. <gasps> I hope everyone's all right. Passing Raymond to Phil, he charged into the flames, but quickly reversed his charge when he suddenly realised how hot it actually was and that he didn't have the upper body strength to knock down the door. I love that um, I suddenly realised that, like, actually it's not like films and it's, like, <laughs> it's actually steaming hot. <laughs> it's actually quite hard work. <laughs> yeah. Peter appeared beside him and didn't hesitate. I love how you locked Peter in a room upstairs and he's just there beside you now. Saving I lives. I out of a window. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably panicked thinking that like, you're inside the flames. That's kind of my head logic. <laughs> yeah, actually. Emma's not around. She might be in the Slater household. Better get out, save her. It's like a film. He's just one minute somewhere else, and here he is, being heroic. Yeah. Like the hero he is, he kicked the door down and rushed in, finding the whole house in flames. And though he called out, no one replied. Cat! Nan! Jane! Connor cried out, his shrieking voice. Crackling through the air. To be fair, did crack because during this it went. Jean. As <laughs> <laughs> it became Kathy. Fast. <laughs> we're fine. We're fine. Kat said as she raced over with the rest of the Slaters. With her arms around Connor, she embraced him like a child and assured him everything was going to be fine, and they were all <laughs> safe. I just love that. I'm like a grown man, and she's like, "It's all right. It's all right." <laughs> Just like Raymond. I know. I know. I'm actually like, cats can start carrying me around. <laughs> You're now the child. 
I'm the child, but I'll also be carrying Raymond. <laughs> so I'll carry Raymond, she'll carry me. My <laughs> <laughs> sausage surprise! Jean cried out, almost running into the flames to rescue her cremated dinner plans with Daniel's ghost. Thankfully, Cush stopped her just in time. Good job, Cush. See what you can do when you don't drug her. <laughs> it didn't take long for the firemen to arrive. Oh, you know who we could have had here and we didn't? Dr. Son. Oh, she might be busy, Emma. Because someone's going to need her. And that's Peter. It didn't take long for the firemen to arrive and pull Peter, who was unconscious due to smoke inhalation and alcohol poisoning, out of the fire. The cause of the fire was undetermined, but the fireman present was certain that it was Auntie Jean's sausage surprise. Oh, Jean. They thought that maybe she had left the gas on when she was preparing her sausage surprise and forgot about it. When she went to the shop for a bottle of water, which she didn't pay for, the house went up like a Roman candle. Our lives are ruined. We've got nothing left. Tommy cried. You have us. We're family. You're coming to stay with us. As long as Nan changes her drawers more than once a week. Connor laughed, with tears of happiness running down his face. Hey, you chicky! Nan laughed. I've got to call Emma. Connor insisted. Good luck. We've been trying to phone her all day. Nan remarked. Sounded nothing like Big Mom. Can't do my voice. <laughs> I can only do. And what about you, you old prosy? <laughs> that's, only, that's only what I can do. <laughs> It's not very useful. (laughs) Connor texts his sister, but every message just bounced back undelivered. Where was she? This wasn't like her. Normally their twin telepathy would have kicked in and she would be here by now. What had happened? What would he do without her? (laughs) He needed help and there was only one person who could help him now. He dialed a nameless number on his phone. Stace? I need you. <laughs> Connor said. That was like Oscar worthy, that. That was beautiful. Wasn't it? Was that not like a scene from EastEnders? Yeah. Come on. I think you should, like get, you should get a BAFTA. Thank you, Emma. Thank you. It's nice when someone recognises me hard work. <laughs> I'll put you in the Sonyas this year. <laughs> <laughs> Best moment. Stace. <laughs> I need you. Stace, I need you. (laughs) (laughs) Far from the square and the explosion, Emma was sat in that dodgy cafe that Doc Martin used to go to. Across from her sat Jack, the good old reliable bent copper, the square's corrupt pillar that everyone can turn to when they need help getting out of trouble. It's so true, isn't it, Emma? It's true. It's true. Jack's the only one who can help you. Just the man we need in this scenario. Exactly. She had called him and arranged this meet-up, hoping that maybe he could help her out. Jack, have you ever heard of this warehouse? Emma said as she showed the warehouse on kidnappings for you. I'm going to let you reprise Jack from good old Bailey Owen days. (gasps) Oh, the days when I used to be Jack and Bailey Owens. Oh, Oh, what times. do you mean, Bailey? <laughs> <laughs> do you remember that? That was, that, was, <laughs> that was classic. What's wrong, Bailey? 
<laughs> it was just a whole monologue of you being Bailey and and Jack and me going. She said, he said. <laughs> I love that fan fiction. The, do you know what struck us as like hilarious? I don't think you've ever spoken to Jack before. This. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but still had his number on speed dial. That's how it works. You don't have to speak to Jack or Gray, and everyone has everyone's number. Oh, yeah, yeah. Some of the boys used to use that place to hide their stash. And every now and again, Danny Hardcastle, a.k.a. Chicken, used it as well. You know, for shipping his enemy's children off to Spain. Jack explained as he sipped his black coffee, much to Emma's disgust. (laughs) Clearly, there's still a milk shortage around. (laughs) Why would Martin be interested in a place like that? Emma questioned. Jack used all of his detective powers to come to the conclusion that he truly didn't know, but figured, (laughs) classic, but figured that Martin must be hiding something or someone because that is the only time those warehouses are ever used. I've got a blueprint if you need it, Jack said, handing over a piece of paper. Jack needs to move to 2020 because, no thanks, kidnappings for you have all the details. I'll be fine, Emma remarked. Exactly. As she got up and walked out of the door towards her destiny. Exactly, it's 2020, they're all in the app now, Jack. Come on, man. (laughs) I'll hand it over to you. So now I shall be the cat. (laughs) I shall be the narrator. Making her way. (laughs) Making her way downtown. (laughs) (laughs) And then that also reminds me of the spider when he went, is he (laughs) making his way downtown? (laughs) (laughs) Making her way to the warehouse, she stood outside the grand mausoleum of forgotten storylines. It was grim, dark, covered in rusted corrugated metal. The kind of place one would imagine good characters go bad in. Marching along the cracked concrete paving, she entered the darkness. But quickly, she became lost, unable to see. Oh no, Emma. Oh no. Running around the expansive labyrinth, her footsteps echoing. She began to panic, imagining Dark Martin creeping around every corner. Looking into one room, she almost fell three floors. She should have known better. Callum had already warned her about this place, but hadn't really thought that it would be this dangerous. And though she could hear someone making a noise, she didn't go and investigate, thinking it might have just been the wind making it sound like Haley calling out Cherry's name. In a blind panic, she ran into a wall and then stopped herself. Come on, Emma, you can do this. Closing her eyes, she used her ears to detect the faint dripping of water in the distance. (laughs) I'd followed it. That's when she heard something. This time she was certain. It sounded like Haley. Cherry! Haley cried out. Emma tapped on the wall, looking for the right sound. And when the hollow tone rang out, she knew she had found the big heavy steel door. Swinging it along, the meat locker-like door moved aside and Emma rushed into the dimly lit room to find Haley chained to a stone pillar and beside her, on the other pillar, was Martin! <gasps> dun, dun, dun! Martin? What are you doing here? Emma gasped as she stared at the bound man, his mouth taped shut. I could ask you the same question. A voice said, 
as a second Martin clad in his black leather jacket appeared behind her. Ah! Oh my God. Emerging from the shadows, he aimed a gun towards them. Probably that one he didn't fire at Keanu at Christmas. <laughs> Where's Cherry? Emma asked, stealing Haley's line. <laughs> She's safe. Dark Martin sneered. What the hell is going on? How is there two of you? Emma yelled, her voice full of confusion. It's the big reveal. It's the big reveal, guys. Hold on to your seats. <laughs> for this <laughs> marvellous reveal. We're very proud of this one. <laughs> <laughs> Mum never told anyone, did she? I'm Martin's twin. Marvin Fowler. Mum always liked him best. He always got everything he wanted. He got to run the fruit and veg store, whilst I had to go out debt collecting. He got to marry Sonia, whilst I had to marry Sarah. He got to grow up on the square. I had to grow up round the corner with the rest of the Forgottens. <laughs> Doc Martin yelled. His hair combed over, and not at all like how Martin would normally style it. I wanted Stace. I saw her first, but he snatched her up too. Marvin screeched. What the hell does this have to do with us? (laughs) Good question. (laughs) Emma questioned. Everything. Aunt Babe said, as she slithered out of the darkness behind him. You heard someone? He cared about. So when I approached him, offering to get revenge on you, to get what we owed, he jumped at the chance. Babe snickered with a sinister grin. I always knew there was something dodgy about you. Martin would never have worn that cheap leather jacket, and he certainly wouldn't have cheated on our Stace. Emma snapped. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I love that you've been held hostage by gunpoint. You're still like slagging off his clothes. I know. Absolutely love her. <laughs> Queen. Taking <laughs> risks. <laughs> well, you couldn't tell the difference that Christmas beneath the mistletoe. <gasps> Bit of a throwback, eh? Good old days. Just reminiscing. I just need some sweets and we'll be fine. Perfect. Sweets always make everything better. Marvin retorted. That was you? Emma shrieked. Clearly, Dark Martin, or should we say Marvin, had been playing a long game, walking in and out of their lives, masquerading as Martin from time to time. I just love Martin and Marvin. I just love it. I just love love how we love Martin, good Martin, so much that we have created Marvin to, to justify all of the bad things that Martin's ever done. Martin wasn't responsible for anything. No. Marvin was. Yeah. We love him. That's how much we love Martin and Stace. We love him and we miss him. Bring him back. Bring him back. Good Martin and Stacey. It's all right, Emma. When you're all watching it, however many episodes we've got left, just remember this, who's on the square right now is Marvin. Exactly. It's not Martin, it's Marvin. (laughs) (laughs) It's like fake Michelle. (laughs) How long has Martin been here? Emma asked. Since Stacy hit Phil over the head, I would pop by Stacey's house and pretend to be him, 
when he was away, greengrossing and such. Even spent Christmas with you before Martin got back home and ruined it. Martin snarled. Marvin. Marvin snarled. <laughs> but when they planned to go on the run, I knew that this is my chance. I thought that's the perfect time to get what I've always wanted. But stay so straight through me. And I didn't really like the green gross and stuff after all. <laughs> so I went back to what I do best, debt collecting and adultery. <laughs> adulterer! <laughs> Why are you telling me all of this? Emma asked. Fair point. That's, that's a good point as well. Because you're never going to leave here. Marvin smiled. Marvin's got a new voice now because I quite like doing the sinister one for him because I think it fits his character. <laughs> yeah, he suddenly changed his voice again since going from security guard to sinister kidnapper. Yeah. <laughs> Marvin and Aunt Babe vanished into the darkness and the sound of heavy steel doors shifted shut behind them. Don't leave me in here, you hear me, Marvin. I can't be trapped with Haley. please, no. Don't do this to me, it stinks in here. <laughs> Emma roared as she banged her hands against the metallic door, thumping and thundering to no avail. Cherry! <laughs> Haley cried out. Back on the square, Connor couldn't get through to Stacy, so he had just left a message and though Cat and Nan assured him Emma would be fine, he could sense something wasn't right. With twin telepathy, you see. Yeah. With nowhere else to turn, he raced across the street, leaving his family to settle themselves into the bank. I love how even like my family's crisis isn't enough to have me actually do what I meant to do. <laughs> <laughs> I've got busy things. I've got I'm busy. I've I got have busy things do. on. Yes. Callum, you help them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mentioning Callum. Leaving his family to settle themselves into the Vic whilst Callum served the punters from the bar. <laughs> Standard. Hide him for a chef. He's busy running the entire yeah. pub. He knocked frantically upon the door before him, hoping there would come an answer. Connor needed a specialist's help. Someone who he could rely on to know the inner workings of the criminal mind. Someone who could help track down anyone and save the day. To his surprise, though, it was Laura who opened the door. May I help you? Gray's boss asked. Um, is Gray in? Connor questioned. Yes, I must now return to the law firm. Laura claimed as she awkwardly and almost robotically marched out of the house towards a mysterious burger van parked up on the other side of the road. If you're confused by this, go and listen to a couple of episodes ago in our roundup. And we talk about how we think Laura might be a robot because she just lets herself into uh, Grey's house. Yep, yep. And also the B&Q burger van. You'll enjoy yep. that story. Oh, you'll enjoy that tale. Running inside, Connor found Grey had just gotten out of the shower and seemed oblivious to the fact that Laura had been in the house or even let Connor in. Grey, I need your professional advice, the young barman pleaded. I feel like this is turning into a porno. I know. <laughs> you know, he said, he's barely clothed. I'm like, I need some help. <laughs> With a case. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> Connor, I can't see you. This is a bad time. Gray said as he toweled off his hair. Wait, as he took his towel off from around his waist and started toweling his hair off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think it maybe is a porno. 
Flipping heck. What advice are you wanting? See, this is what happens. This is what happens when Jay just runs out. I just go man hungry. <laughs> also, where's Raymond? Is he pulling pints now? Oh, yeah, he's with Kat. Don't worry. Okay, okay. <laughs> he's probably watching Nightmare on the Street with Nan. <laughs> so, if someone theoretically sort of robbed a gangster and murdered him when he tried to kill them and we were being blackmailed and then my sister went missing where do you think she would go and do you think it would be a bad idea to get the police involved connor asked i love how you change from well theoretically but then you're like we (laughs) my (laughs) theoretically except it's not theoretical it's about me and my family and you've done the right thing you've just barged into gray's house asking for advice because that's what everyone does exactly where else do you go when you need legal advice it's great great i'm with jack you're with gray that's how it goes i'm not sure what you're asking a confused gray said in a serious tone well you know you're sort of the pillar of the community people come to you with their problems and and you fix it for them the barman stated i'm a solicitor not a miracle worker Gray retorted. Please! My sister is missing. Jeans blew up the house. We don't have insurance because Nan thinks it's a scam and spent the cash on horse racing instead. Connor railed off, announcing each terrible thing he was faced with. What should I do? The boy cried out. Well, firstly, I'd stop Mo from handling the household cash. Secondly, get house insurance. And thirdly, if I was going to kidnap someone, I would take them to the disused warehouse. It's just outside the square. Grey advised in a practical and pragmatic tone. Oh, yeah, I know the one. <laughs> Thanks, Grey, Connor said as he raced out the door. Back to the Vic. He needed to get his leather jacket. Oblivious to her brother already frantically searching for her, Emma had resigned herself to the fact that she was going to be trapped here for some time with her cousin and real Martin. But since they had already played ten rounds of I Spy, she thought maybe they could talk about what had led them all to this place. So how did you both end up here? She asked. Cherry! Haley called out. Haley, that's not helping anyone. Emma stated. No, I'm answering ya. Cherry went missing and Martin found me in the, in the park on the swings. We started talking about Reebok. And Adidas and sweet little Lacoste. The dark haired woman explained. If you're sweet lost, little Lacoste. <laughs> if you're lost, these are all the missing children of Haley Slater. We've just decided Haley's going to have more children. Do you mean Marvin? Her cousin corrected her. Yeah! Well, I didn't know then, did I? Haley stated. So you didn't leave and hand Raymond over to Connor? Emma questioned. Now this could ruin Connor's life because he thinks he's got a kid now. I know. No! Well, I did write the note saying I was leaving him, but I never meant to post it. Classic. I was going to leave it with Raymond later on. (laughs) They always write something and then just put it away and someone else finds it. I'm surprised you didn't put it in the bin and then, you know, Jean came across and found it. That's how I thought it would go. Haley claimed. So Martin's, I mean Marvin... Is behind this. Sorry, Martin. I should have known you'd never go dark. You're a good man. You'd never cheat on our Stacey. Emma passionately declared as she carefully removed the tape from Martin's mouth. I'll let you be real, Martin, because it could get confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what he's been doing? 
Where's Stace? Is she all right? Don't know who that was, but that's Martin. <laughs> Martin cried out. Well, basically, you two went on the run for no real reason. Then you came back, you took up debt collecting, pretended you were sleeping with Sonia so Stace would dump you rather than you just tell her that you were being blackmailed by Ben. And then you slept with Ruby and then Sonia and then you hit a man with a car in this guy called Tubbs. And then you kidnapped Keanu and you made Sonia steal from Dot to pay off the man that you almost killed. Then you dumped Sonia because you still loved Stacey. But then you continued to flirt and seem to have a relationship with Ruby, who is obviously her best friend. Emma re- recapped, catching Martin up on all the weird turns his life had taken since his twin had stolen his identity. I'm so glad you're here to like make sense of all this, Emma. I love how I just remember everything, even though I don't even think we're on the square for some of it. No, you weren't, but that's, that's irrelevant. Everyone yeah. knows everything. We all know everything. And I hear that she gave you a job. I mean, Marvin a job, because he tackled a child for trying to steal a pineapple. Haley added. Oh yeah, she did. And now Shrimpy and Ian have taken over your stall. Emma said. So he ruined me life. Martin moaned. Yes, but don't worry, we'll explain everything to Stace together. The young Vic owner assured him. So how long you had a twin brother? <laughs> Haley asked. I mean, obvious answer to that one. Well, since birth, Haley, he's always been a bad one. Before the age of five, he tried to burn down the house, smack me in the head with a music box, but the final straw, the one that made mum get rid of him and send him away, was when he hit real Michelle over the head with a frying pan, so we had to adopt a new girl, pretend she was Michelle, and that ended up, well, well, everyone knows how that ended up. Martin explained, as Emma let out a, ah, that kind of makes sense sort of exclamation. Oh. I can't believe it, Haley declared. Believe it, Marvin is evil and also nuts. He thinks I stole Stacy from him, but he never even met her, Martin exclaimed. This is all my fault. When he reached out over Facebook, asking to meet up, I thought, Maybe he's changed. Maybe he's grown up. But he was the same when he asked to meet at this warehouse. I thought nothing of it. So I came. And when he said, let's play a game of hostages and criminals like we used to as kids, I said, yeah, why not? Then he tied me up and stole my life. I feel like you channeled a bit of Phil. I've done like three different voices there, but I'm surprised you can even pick out. So I've done Kathy, Phil, I've done Haley, um, and Babe a little. Like I don't know who who Dark Martin. I don't know who Good Martin is. I've got to warn Connor. I've got to get through to him somehow and make sure him and little Raymond are safe. The young woman stated as her trembling fingers frantically scrolled through her contacts, trying to find Connor, who was named Sister C on her phone. Who? Haley interjected, distracting Emma for a moment. Raymond, your adopted son? The Vic owner answered. Distracted by Haley, failed to realise her finger had missed Sister C on her contacts and hit a different name entirely. It rang and rang, but the phone didn't pick up. And so she had no choice but to leave him a voicemail. Oh, well, Classic we all know voicemail. what voicemail. Please, Connor, you're in danger. Martin's kidnapped me. Well, I mean Marvin. It's a long story. We're trapped. Babe will be coming for you next. Get help. Emma shouted. Please, Connor. (laughs) (laughs) Run! (laughs) 
Emma shouted, but her phone suddenly went dead, having ran out of battery. That's so East Enders as well. Yeah. Without its light, the three hostages were abandoned in the darkness of the warehouse, unable to call for help. Back at the Vic, Connor frantically searched their laptop to see their internet history, if it could share any clues to where Emma could be or what she's up to. Nestled next to Connor's OnlyFans was a bookmark for Kidnappings for You and a review of for a warehouse, the same warehouse Grey had mentioned. He was right. She must be at that warehouse, Connor thought. Grabbing his leather jacket, he slipped back into his dark Connor persona. He'd left it behind a long time ago. But he was back now. And with little Raymond strapped to his chest, he picked up a large brown envelope that they kept hidden under the bar for desperate times. Suddenly, the Vic swung open and Stace was standing there wearing a white leather jacket, shining like a saviour or a star. We need to talk. What the hell have you and Emma gotten yourselves into this time? Stacy said as she pressed a button on her phone and played Emma's panicked voicemail. <laughs> so next week we will have our roundup of two weeks worth of EastEnders. And the week after, we will be giving you chapters nine and the final chapter, ten. <gasps> oh, will Aunt Babe ever get her comeuppance? Will Dark Marvin ever be stopped? Will I ever get out of the warehouse? Tune in next time to E20's Secret Slayers. Duh, 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 du